you like high adventure, come with me. Church family, it's the Blind Spots Podcast. We are back. We're back, finally. Pastor Rolo is not playing hooky no more. I think you need to change that statement around. <laughs> yeah, so it's the Blind Spots Podcast. This is Deacon Corey Williams, Pastor Rolo Bernalis, back for another episode after a very, very long hiatus. Brother Corey, why don't you tell our church family why you've been playing hooky this whole time? I have, not, I have not been playing hooky. I've been working. Brother, do you know that the Bible says thou shalt not lie? What? Come on. I've let's been be, working. Let's now. be honest. <laughs> I've been working. I've your, been working. Your nose is growing right Lots now as we work. speak <laughs> in the studio. I did take a vacation. We did. Both of us took vacations, but we were working. A lot of things went on. Yes, that's true. During the, during the summer months, so we took some time off, but we're back committed to this. So hopefully the church, will, it'll help the church. It's good to see you again, brother. It's good to be back in the studio I see and you all the blessing time. the church. But I see you all the time, Pastor Rollo. You see me, but... We're not in the studio, though. <laughs> we got to get back to work. That's right. That's right. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, in this episode of Blind Spots, I have recognized a very serious blind spot in our church family. You know what that is? What's that? That most evangelical Christians uh, have fallen to the fallacy that the church is the primary tool to train up their children. Oh, yeah. Do you agree with that or disagree? Do I agree with that they've done that or do I agree that it's definitely a blind spot? Absolutely. Well, the key word is the primary tool. Yes. There's far too many people who, who drop their children off for religious instruction at the church. And it makes it... The, I'm, no, I'm not going to... Go ahead. Go ahead. Say what well, you're going to say. No, I'm not going to take over your yeah, There's uh, nothing wrong with that, right? I think... Parents have good intentions. They want what's best for their children. They want them to know the Bible, know the Lord, know the gospel, and uh, come to a saving faith in Christ. But uh, what I'm challenging today, what the blind spot is within the church, is the, the actual method of training up the children. Sure. And yes, the church can be helpful, but in reality, Christian parents are to raise up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So you're saying, it's, you're saying it's not the church's... Prime, prime the, their religious instruction shouldn't primarily be coming from the church. The church should be supplementing what? Yes, supplementing. Gotcha. Yes. And so parents, Christian parents, we want to encourage them that they can get equipped if they will simply commit and learn and spend time and sacrifice and learning their biblical roles and responsibility and then just going to work. I can't think of a better way than to make an investment not into our future financial lives, but into our own family legacy. But Pastor Rolo, spiritual legacy. How am I supposed to retire? Well, the Lord will provide for you. Right? <laughs> I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. Sure. So I, I, I think you and I can spare a meal or two. Right? We can go without. Maybe we should fast. But we're not supposed to tell the crowd that. So right. <laughs> anyway, back to this point. Um, you know, I taught a class a while back on uh, biblical fathers and how they should train up their children. And really, it's mature masculinity is what's missing in, in the church. We expect 
others to do the work for us, but in reality, we need to step up to the plate. We need men to know the roles and to execute those roles in a biblical fashion. And so I want to quote here a, uh, from the Biblical Manhood, Womanhood, page 35 on ma mature masculinity. It says this, quote, at the heart of mature masculinity is a sense of benevolent responsibility to lead, provide for, and protect women in ways appropriate to man's differing relationship. So this definition states that mature masculinity is a sense of responsibility. It's a responsibility to lead our wives, to lead our children, to lead others. But in context of our family and children, men are to be the primary breadwinners. They're to provide for their families, they're to protect their families, um, and they're to lead their families in a way that's honoring to Christ per God's word. Now, what is the, how are you tying that into, because um, I don't think anybody would disagree, well, most men won't disagree with you that, that their primary responsibility is to read a breadwinner. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's how are you tying that into religious instruction? Yeah, so I think when we look at Genesis 1, we need to start at the beginning and state that men and women are equal in value. You know, there are people out there that get all bent out of shape when you talk about roles and activities sure. and men should do this and women should do that. And we never root that back to the beginning in Genesis, that men and women are made equal. They're image bearers, right? They right. bear the image of God and His holy will and holy ways to the world. But we're talking now about roles, not value but roles. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we look at this, we need to teach our sons. You're, you're a father. You mm -hmm. have sons. We need Quite to teach them. Yeah, that's right. You got three <laughs> sons, right? No, four. 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 And a grandson. And a grandson. You are a young grandfather. Yeah. But one of the things we need to be doing is teaching them how to be a biblical man. And one way to do that is to simply read the Bible to them. Right? How many men do you think in our church actually read the Bible, number one, but number two, read the Bible to their sons or to their children. I would say that's a minority. Sure. I, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah? I would Because, agree. honestly, the end goal of this is if we could actually have men in the church step up and train up their children, especially their boys, to be leaders and protectors and providers, that will automatically connect and resonate with a healthy church, right? Because we're always, aren't we always talking about how can we have people serve the church, especially men? Yeah. And we're always looking for that. I think we have to take a step back and say, what's happening in the home? Sure. If the home is broken, I don't think that will be helpful to the church. No, but the, the, the church home is, is a basic, basic, basic foundational building block of any community. That's right. That's right. But if you take a step back, if everything is well at home, and fathers, godly fathers, Christian fathers are doing what they're supposed to be doing, that will bless the church sure. in the long run. Right? There's a quote here by a reformer who said, the most effective fathers are husbands who make it their aim to love their wives biblically. So what this person is saying, one of the best things that we can do for our sons mm -hmm. is to model biblical love to our wives before the eyes of our young sons. So I need to read the Bible to my children, and I need to love my wife according to the Word of God. Yeah, we need to teach our children the Bible, right? 
Can you think of a better way to invest in your kids than teaching them the Bible? I mean, we're good at teaching our kids many things, playing sports. Sure. Basketball, football, golf, soccer, blah, blah, blah. Power tools. Power tools, <laughs> right? But have we really raised up a generation of men who will train their young sons and grandsons to love their wives biblically? I think that's missing in the culture today. Thoughts? I agree. I mean, you know, I've been doing the teaching the high schoolers now for what, like eight years. Mm-hmm. And there, you can. There is a noticeable difference between the children whose parents are, who have, who have their parents at home with them, like discipling them and teaching them the word of God, and having certain expectations of them when it comes to morality versus the children that don't. It's like a night and day difference. You almost don't even have to ask. So you can, you just can, see it. You can visibly see that. Oh yeah, I don't. You don't have to ask. Okay. You can tell the difference. Just everything from biblical literacy to um, even the idea of just um, them wanting to pitch in and help when there's anything going on, like even just something as simple as moving tables and chairs. Mm-hmm. You can there's a, always a noticeable difference between the two. That's right. W- without even asking, so you can just see it. So if we take this concept of loving our wives back to the scriptures, like Ephesians five twenty five says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, right? The command is husbands are to love their wives. That word love is not optional, right? No. It's selfless, it's sacrificial, it's thinking others more important than yourself. It's giving up your personal rights and privilege to bless others, to help others. That's right. And husbands are to love their wives. And here is the model as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ died for you and me, brother. Christ died for the church. And it's amazing that Christ gave up the glories of heaven to come into this cesspool, which I'm using your word, (laughs) right? You're great at quoting that word. But he came into this broken world, the cesspool of sin, to redeem his people from sin and slavery to sin and death and hell. And so... When you look at the work of Christ, what he did on, in his ministry and what he did on the cross, that our sins are imputed to him. His righteousness is imputed to us. He dies when we should have died. He was judged when we should have been judged. He was cursed so that we would be blessed. So that, that ministry, what Christ has done for his people, for us, for you and I, is the model of love to love our wives. That's right. And we need to exhibit that to our children. Show it off in front of them, what it, what it looks like. Yeah. So we could talk about it, right? We could quote scripture and we could show them, hey, this is what the Bible says, but we need to match that up with modeling They need the to love. see it. They need to see it. Right. Some people uh, learn simply by visuals, right? Right. Some so, people, yeah. What were you going to say, brother? No, that's it. I mean, I, hey, we've had this conversation quite a few times, and uh, you're not going to get any pushback from me on this one at all. So, brother, let's, I know we need to uh, make this episode short, but can we do a part two? Sure. I want to address another blind spot that's affecting uh, men in terms of their role to lead their families and to be good fathers, and it's dealing with pornography. So... If you're listening to this, stay tuned.